Hi, you're listening to Ten Minute IS Paper. My name is Blair Wang. Today's paper is called "Rethinking Time: Ubiquitous Time and Its Impact on Work," by Kotiswara Ivatuori and Cecil Tra, published in the European Journal of Information Systems in 2021. How do you think about time? It seems like a funny question to ask, given that we all live in the same timeline, as it were. We all have 24 hours a day. We all have seven days a week. None of us get to compress more time into a single day. None of us get to do any kind of time traveling. But the way we think about time as human beings and as a society is actually quite messy. And a lot of it is not so much shaped by what time actually is, but more by the society that we live in. And the technology that we have, and that really is the point of this paper. If I could summarize it in just one sentence, ubiquitous technology is changing the way we all think about time. The authors are building on a model of how people think about time, different characteristics of how people think about time from previous work from 2004. And this model by Saunders et al. classifies how people think about time according to six different characteristics. And the particular configuration that the authors are thinking about when they think about all the different ubiquitous technology that we have today in the digital era. Uh, is what the authors refer to as ubiquitous time. The ub referring to ubiquitous, the ubiquity of technology, and chronic meaning in relation to chronos time. So for the rest of this episode, I'll be covering how the authors classify ubiquitous time according to those six characteristics, and also some thoughts that the authors have about what this means for our world. So the first characteristic is called continuity. This refers to whether time is seen more as a set of events, discrete events that happen, this happened, and then that happened on a particular date, or more as a stream of things that are causally related to each other. What the authors say about continuity with respect to ubiquitous time is that it's kind of both in a very messy way. So we still have. Set events, but then during these events we do other things, and so within the event it's like a stream of things that happen. So we set aside time for events like a Zoom call, but within this Zoom call there's a continuous stream of things that happen, and then within that stream we then put additional points at which we just do random stuff. I think we've all been guilty of multitasking during a Zoom call. Sometimes, admittedly, for things that are relevant to the call, and other times maybe not so much. So there's a certain kind of flexibility in the schedule now because of this. And and in fact, actually, because of that, schedules may quickly change as, as something comes up and you suddenly realize you need to go deal with something else because of a, a thing that popped up on your phone. So continuity already very messy with ubiquitous time. Second characteristic is called homogeneity, and this refers to whether all of time is seen of equal value, of equal meaning, or whether there's particular meaning ascribed to different chunks of time. And of course, with ubiquitous time, it, it's more the latter. It's more what the authors refer to as epochal, referring to epochs. Epochs being special periods of time.、Uh, classic example: agile project management. There are two-week sprints. These are epochs. But the authors point out that because of technology and the way things are very fast-paced, it's possible for epochs to now be incredibly short. 
I mean, if you go to a dictionary and look up the meaning of the word epoch, it, it traditionally has meant a very long historical period. Two weeks is already stretching it when we talk about epoch, but the authors point out here because of technology, for example, the NTP, the network time protocol, the, the system that synchronizes all the clocks around the world, it is now possible to to really think of epochs in really short bursts of time. Uh, this happens with stock trading on the on the stock market. This happens with auctions on eBay. So homogeneity, definitely something that ubiquronic time has a very particular approach to. Third characteristic, linearity. This refers to whether time is seen as, as one linear timeline or as a cycle of events that happen and happen again. Uh, here, ubiquronic time has the approach that we keep trying to do more things in our cycles. Uh, Pomodoro technique comes to mind. The, the authors don't say the Pomodoro technique, but I think of it, the, the classic knowledge worker doing their 20-minute cycles and trying to squeeze as many productive things that they can do in those 20 minutes as possible. That That is definitely a cyclical view, even though it is in ubiquronic time also a, a timeline view because we do still use calendars and, and other ways of presenting time as a linear progression. Fourth characteristic, dimensionality, how time flows. Is it a one-way direction or is it bidirectional? Here, the ubiquronic time actually presents a, almost like a different kind of view there. In relation to a concept that I learned about today for the first time reading this paper called found time. And found time, as far as I know from what I can see in this paper, seems to have actually been invented as a term by Google in 2012 for marketing purposes. It's, the, it's that thing that we observe these days where you're doing one thing and because that one thing that you're supposed to be doing is getting a bit slow paced, whether it's in line waiting for a bus or a, a Zoom call where not that much is happening right now, you pick up your phone and you go do something else in the meantime. I've seen people watch TV and then go on Instagram while watching TV. That's found time. And that is a completely different approach to dimensionality, neither unidirectional nor bidirectional. It's almost like this splicing of time in, in all directions. Okay, fifth characteristic, subjectivity, whether or not time is objective, meaning that everyone agrees there's a certain thing that's happening right now, or subjective, meaning that everyone has different interpretations of what time is for us right now, what, what the time is and what we're doing in this time. The examples that the authors give here is actually how ubiquitous technology means that ubiquitous time is, is like mostly subjective, but also has hints of objectivity. So we, we set aside blocks of time and uh, that, that is quite objective. We send calendar invites to people, for goodness sakes, to say this time is set aside for this thing. And that's quite formal, so that's quite objective. But at the same time, we also have subjectivity because nobody works the 9 to 5 anymore, even though that's the official work hours. Realistically, because of all the other issues that the authors have mentioned, people are using some of that 9 to 5 time for personal things and then admittedly also using some supposedly personal time for work things. So subjective but also kind of objective. Finally, the sixth characteristic, chronicity. And this re basically refers to whether or not we are doing one thing at one time, which is monochronicity, or whether we're multitasking, polychronicity. And based on everything that's been said so far, you can definitely see where this is going. It's certainly polychronic, but it's what the authors refer to as managed polychronicity, because there's a certain systematic structure to how we do this, but we're very good now at insane, intense forms of multitasking. Um, they give the example of people attending two or three meetings simultaneously. And so, okay, I think the authors have done an incredible job of presenting how 
Uh, our view of time in the modern era because of ubiquitous technology is really different to anything we've seen in the past. So what are some of the implications? Well, the authors really set up a whole host of potential future research agendas here. Uh, Two things that really stuck out to me, which I thought were really interesting, uh, they, they really present some of the future of work issues in relation to this, how we think about time. You know, issues in terms of that certain time zones are privileged because they're able to meet with other international time zones. They actually say in this paper that Europe has a, a bit of an unfair advantage because it's kind of in the middle of Asia and Americas when it comes to international teleconferencing calls. So that's one thing. The other thing, and this is less, maybe less work-related, but more society-related, everything in our lives is still structured around clock time like like the the level of technology we had when railways were a thing were a really big innovation and so for example they they give the example here right because of modern technology there are people who do overnight shifts i've met some people who like do overnight trading um and they will want to go to bed when everyone else is getting up for breakfast the concept of breakfast as the authors point out here is is really tuned for this nine to five workday. So if someone is finishing the workday, they, they really do not want to participate in the ritual of breakfast, especially breakfast and coffee. They don't need the coffee. They're going to bed. I mean, that seems like a trivial example, but you can certainly see how so many societal expectations make it very difficult for people to really live out the, their full potential in this ubiquronic future. Ubiquronic time is so much more than just how we schedule our calendars. From what I can see in this paper, it opens up so much about how we, how we do work, how we relate to people, and what life will look like for the next couple of hundred years. This has been an episode of 10 Minute IS Paper. Thanks for listening. The music on this podcast is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod and generously licensed under Creative Commons. You can find out more about this podcast at www.tmisp.org and you can reach out to me, Blair Wang, at www.blair.wang.